Hey guys, this is Keith. This is the Big Thing 9 Podcast. Hope everybody had a good week. Thank God it's Friday. Um, good to see you guys on a Friday night. Uh, we've all had a good week on our end. A lot of, a lot of things going on. And, um, you know, we're happy to be here tonight. We've had the opportunity to be around some really good people this week. And, um, you know, with that being said, we have... Um, tonight's going to be a little different. Tonight we have um, two parts. And we're going to have uh, two parts with uh, two... Short interviews each, so we're gonna have four people total, uh, in, including me. I'll just be doing my my regular. So um, you know, it's gonna be a fun show. We've actually had the opportunity to meet some really great people, and uh, we're really excited about that. Um, and like I said, we're gonna have a few of them on, and um, you know, just wonderful people. You know, just like us, just trying to make a difference out there. And um, you know, they've had some really fun things to say, and uh, you know, it's it's been a good experience for us, and it's been a good experience. For uh, them, so, you know, you can't lose with that. You know, just some things that have been trembling this uh, this week have been some really neat things. We have, um, you know, Elon Musk, he bought Twitter, which was huge. You know, we were all really excited here at Big Things Done about that because, you know, we've had our moments with, uh, you know, freedom of speech, and I think that is one of the most important things um, that this country values. And so we're super excited about Elon Musk, you know, buying Twitter. And, um, you know, I think that's only going to be a good thing because he bought it. You know, because he fully believes that you can't have a democracy, um, you know, without freedom of speech. And I agree with him 100% on that. So that's been really exciting. And I know a lot, there's a lot of excited people out there about this. So, you know, um, it's only going to be a good thing. You know, we, we, we're not going to get flagged. You know, and unfortunately, we've had to you know, really pay close attention to what we say, you know, because um, we've, we've been pretty close, you know, quite a few times with the copyright. Um, but, you know, we've, we play by the rules. But um, it's nice that we're not going to be having, you know, that snake breathing down our neck. So, you know, we're really happy everybody's with us tonight because, like I said, we've got a great show. And uh, sit tight, and we'll be um, right back with uh, part one. And telling those sweet lies and losing again. I was looking for. So uh, tell us about, uh, tell your name, and uh, who are you representing at the G26? Uh, my name is Jeremy. Um, I'm just here representing recovery. Um, cool. Um, so what I was thinking, give us a, give us a summary um, about where, where, you're, where were you born originally and where do you live today, I guess, and uh, just your journey and what got you to where you are today. Um, let's see. I, I was born in Price, Utah. Um, I've been kind of all over the country. Me too. Um, all the way to Ohio. Spent 12 years there. Um, but I've been living in my current town, which is Tooele, Utah, for the last mm-hmm. 13 years. Um, <laughs> so, what, right. so, in regards to your addiction, did that start in Ohio or did that start kind of over here? I mean... Started smoking weed here uh, when I was 13, um, but I was in Ohio when I first started taking pain pills, which was like 
really the turning point of my addiction. Uh, it took me, you know, took me to places that I obviously never wanted to be. Yeah, um, I mean, stealing from family, um, stealing from neighbors, everything I could to, you know, to get that fix. When your parents have them, you go take them out, and you think they won't. You think they won't notice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how I was. Yeah. So when did you when, when did you get recovery your first shot? Was that recent? Was that this go round? Or you, you've had um, a few shots. So in 2012, uh, I was coming off heroin. I got put on Suboxone, uh, but I I wasn't serious about it. I thought I thought oh heroin heroin and opiates are my my real problem. So mm-hmm. I can I can do other things. I can I can still use. <laughs> I used to smoke weed, and, and I did. I smoked a lot of weed and um, <laughs> pop Xanax and drank and all those things just whenever I wanted and, and still thought I was in recovery. Yep. Um, I, uh, so you, so I, you pretty much went, went along with the whole recovery kind of lifestyle and message, but you were getting high the whole time. Yeah, I've done yeah that. I've done to that. a point, um, but I still wasn't I've completely serious. Like, you know, um, definitely didn't have both feet in. And I, I probably had a few toes on my right foot, and that was about it. <laughs> you know, um, I uh, so I, I spent about three and a half years, whatever, on Suboxone yeah. um, and using everything, everything else under the sun, and um, eventually um, found meth. Um, oh yeah, that's a good one. And, and I was trying to get off Suboxone at the time. I couldn't couldn't find a way to get off of that. That, that. that had me. Like bonded, like it just I, w- I was held down so so firmly by the that's, suboxone. That's how I was with with heroin and methadone, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. suboxone got me out of that, you know. But it can, I know it can go either way, you know. Right. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. different. So I, I so when I quit heroin, uh, at first I was I was completely abstinent for like three weeks mm-hmm. before I got put on suboxone. I didn't. I only yeah. got put on suboxone to keep me from going back to heroin but mm-hmm. like I couldn't go more than five to six days without the suboxone there were several times that I did go that long just so I could like I, I could not take it for you know five days and then mm-hmm. pop three of them and get high again you know yeah. um, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't get off it seriously because I, I was so afraid of that that sickness that you yeah. know the yeah. the dope sickness yeah. the, the withdrawals because yeah. um, for me for me, the Suboxone was the worst, mm-hmm. worst withdrawals I've ever gone through, um, wow. especially precipitatory withdrawals, because I, I, mm-hmm. I had relapsed for a while. I was, like, doing heroin for, like, two weeks, and then Ugh. when it finally came down to me, like, giving giving it back up, I, uh, I got one subo- Suboxone, and, like, an hour after I uh, smoked or shot the heroin, mm-hmm. I, uh, I popped a Suboxone thinking I was going to... I was gonna get on top of it and stay on top of it, but that threw me in precipitatory withdrawals, and that that was the worst feeling I've ever had. Um, and that was similar to when you know I'd go long enough without the suboxone. So like going through that, it like primed my fear of getting off in the long run. So finally, what happened? Um, I was still taking suboxone like normal, but I found meth, mm-hmm. and then like I started using meth so constantly that. I realized I hadn't had any suboxone in like three weeks. Yeah. Like, what, what happened there? <laughs> so I'm like, woohoo, yeah, this, I found the right way out of this. Now I can just quit meth. Well, four and a half years later, you know, after living on the streets and 
eating out of dumpsters and stuff, I realized that that, that wasn't quite the right approach either. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it doesn't so, work that way. Yeah, I've tried that. Yeah, definitely. And um, I was in and out of jail. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, finally, just I, something just gave. And like I was like, I'm not going to live on the streets anymore. I, w- I still had it in my head that, that I'd be able to just... Go to treatment for a while, get out, have a job, and still use here and there. You know what I mean? And, uh, trying to control it. It's that demon talking thing, to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's that demon, it's, dude. It's our it. disease. That's the way yeah. our disease speaks to us. Yeah. It, it's cunning, baffling, and powerful. Yeah. And um, so, like, luckily, though, I, I, I spent a long, enough ti- a long enough time in rehab that I was able to figure out from other people's experiences mm-hmm. that 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 was not going to work. Yeah. And then, like, after I had it for a while, after I had that that feeling of, of recovery and, and su- you know, the most success I've ever had in my life. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted more of it. Yeah. Not only did I want more of it, I wanted to give it away, too. Yeah. So here, I, so now I'm, I'm in CPSS training, which has been an amazing, amazing experience. We're almost done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we got a day and a half left. Um and I, I've met some really good people and, and uh, learned some really, really good, valuable things. And then also re-solidified some things that I already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think that's, that's probably one of the most important things is, uh, is, is relearning things. Um, learning them in a different perspective and, and a little more solidly, uh, for sure, has, has, has been a, a big help. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm just really grateful to be where I am today, um, and to be a part of a part of a company that um, is paying me to be here. That's uh, great. Doing, doing training. So uh, that's my story in a nutshell. Well, good stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we got one more, one more day tomorrow. Cool. Uh, all right, buddy. Thank you, man. Hey guys, we're back here at the G26 Summit in Salt Lake City, Utah, sitting here with my friend John. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you. So, pretty much what we're looking for, just give us a summary about where, uh, tell us where you were born, and then, you know, a little bit about your story and what what got you to where you are today. Definitely, yeah. Um, So, like I said, my name's John. I'm um, born... Northeast Louisiana. I'm a country, oh, yeah. country boy. That. Yeah, you're going Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, relocated to Salt Lake area about eight years ago. Um, and to go into the recovery piece and the addiction piece, right? Um, the um, I started off on uh, prescription painkillers probably, you know, when was that? 2000, 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and nursed that addiction for several years. And then moved here to Salt Lake, 
where the doctors were different, the mm-hmm. community was kind of becoming more aware of the opioid epidemic. It's, ama- it's amazing compared to Louisiana, dude. Right. It's like night and day. It's insane. Down south, they were a lot more lenient, right? It's like, just give me the cash, and we'll prescribe you what you want. You know, it's like, what do they they call them? Pill farms or whatever I would drive them to Alexandria, for Alexandria to go get my pills. Yeah, right. And there was always a doctor willing to do it, right, for the right price or whatever. And so that was... Which was a big part of the problem that was hurting the whole nation, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up here, they were a little more they were they were a little they were a little more progressive, a little more advanced in their view of the opioid opioid epidemic, mm-hmm. and that meant that doctors were not as receptive to my needs, right? So I'm, I'm going in there telling them, "Hey, I've been taking this medicine. I've been taking this medicine. Why yeah. don't you give it to me?" They were resistant up here, right? They were willing to give me just very little, start Florida's, me off on smaller Florida doses. Really, Florida really screwed it up bad. Yeah. They did. So, so what, what that ended up turning into was I couldn't get what I needed to scratch the itch, right? Yeah, to to yeah. fulfill the needs at the level I'd been using. So um, it turned into a heroin habit. And... Um, Give me about nine but months. Arnold, was it? Was that when you were here, or, or back? I was here. here. No, okay, that was so here in Salt Lake. Okay, I yeah, you. I was I up here you. in Salt Lake, and doctors changed. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. care as much about the medical history or whatever. They wanted to know that they were doing the responsible thing, mm-hmm. which is understandable. And um, yeah, so 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 my wife and I both together ended up experimenting with heroin and thought, wow, this will be the this will be the problem solver here. It's so much cheaper. It's easy to get, right? I don't have to go to the doctors, do all the insurance stuff or fight with the yeah. you know, the pharmacist. Okay. That was originally, right? In the in the early days when we first mm-hmm. tried it. And then Okay. You're good. And I, dro- then, uh, I, I dropped the microphone, guys. Sorry. <laughs> and then you fast forward about nine months. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it didn't take long once I graduated to heroin, right? It's about <laughs> nine months, and it was... It's it, it's quick, you know? It was it's, so fast. It was so detrimental to my life in big ways. I, I, I was a functioning addict, right? Mm-hmm. On, when I had the, the legal prescriptions for things, I was still mm-hmm. working. I was yeah. still taking my kids to school every day. Um, on heroin, yeah, not so much, right? Like real quickly, buddy, you know? it was turning into a situation where we'd sleep in, forget to get our kids to school. It was turning into, you know, trouble with the law, which was yeah. also new for me, right? Because I hadn't, even though I'd been nursing an addiction for several years, I had not experienced uh, exposure to the judicial system, right? Sure. I hadn't been put in jail. I hadn't had to go to court, and so those things started popping up. And like I said, give me about nine months, right? trying to use heroin to manage my thing right mm-hmm. and, I, and i'm thinking this is going to work better faster <laughs> smarter i'm a better person right do you see about the, do nine you see months the, do you see the people you got to get it from yeah about nine area. months my children have been taken from me by dcfs right mm. they've been removed from my custody and my wife's custody my wife's sitting in jail my uh the house we had with my father actually uh we were being evicted from and uh and i was facing homelessness I lost my family. My car's in impound. I mean, just the whole thing, you know, the whole nightmare story, the, yeah. whole, the whole country song. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, luckily, this happened to me in Salt Lake County because yeah. had this happened to me back home in Louisiana, the options would have been a lot uh, fewer. Right. My choices, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. My choices would have been narrower, and I pro- very likely could have ended up in prison. Right. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we had the programs here. We had the funding. We have the community support. We have a recovery community here. Mm-hmm. I was able to get into a, a good treatment program recommended through DCFS, who had custody of my children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and for the first time in my life, I was like actually thankful to be arrested. I got to the point where it was like, 
enough is enough. Yeah, I was so tired. I was working for a hell of a boss. You know, heroin's a hell of a hell of a boss. It, he doesn't pay. They're mean, dude. He takes everything from you, and you work way more than full-time hours. <laughs> and uh, so at that point, I was so ready to change and couldn't change myself. You know, that's when mm -hmm. I started to understand and actually surrender to the idea that I had an addiction, you know, because mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to stop. They had my kids. I was going to jail. Yeah. I didn't want to keep doing that mm -hmm. and couldn't do it for myself. So I was thankful that the police intervened. Mm -hmm. I was thankful to be able to um, to soak up the services that Salt Lake County yeah. had to offer, like, yeah. you know, to go to that treatment. I'm, I can't tell you how grateful I was mm -hmm. and still am today that I'm that, that we have this big recovery community here that's been so supportive of me. It's great. Yeah. Right. And then and so that's seven years ago. Right. That's uh, 2015. It's when my recovery journey started. And, um, you know, after a treatment center and an outpatient treatment center and one relapse, for mm -hmm. me, relapse was part of my story of three and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and and um, after all that, I still have the support. I have, I have lost a lot of friends to this mm -hmm. illness, right? Like, that's one thing that's sad about being in the recovery community is that you make friends with people who may not be around for long. You yeah, know, yeah. half my buddies that I've made in recovery, if they aren't dead now, they're in prison. Mm -hmm. That's the way it ends up. Yeah. You know, that's the and same then they old get story. Out, they get out and they'll do a shot of heroin and... And eat. then they're risking overdose, yep, yeah. yeah. Especially I've, with the stuff that's on I've, the streets now. I've seen it way too many times. Yeah. And now they're out there with the fentanyl. You yeah. know, and oh, just, yeah. It's in everything. It's killing. Which was my relapse, right? My relapse was on what I thought could were you, Oxycontin pills, but uh, they were actually fentanyl Could you feel pills. a difference? Oh yeah, I knew it immediately. It gave you a, it gave you a big boost. <laughs> I knew it immediately, but I overdosed. Right, it had to be had to have had to have Narcan, the yeah. whole thing, and and luckily went right back into treatment. Got myself, you know, I knew the by this time I had the skills, I had the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Right, I just quit practicing them yeah. and uh, then got back into treatment. Did the whole thing over again, not the whole, not from scratch, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't believe that that's like wasted time. I do believe mm -hmm. that as long as you've learned something you've grown right you've changed yeah. you've learned you've added tools to your tool belt right um so it's not like a relapse takes away that time that you had um mm -hmm. but i'm building again right now three and a half years clean oh, sober yeah. um take what i got right around that. ton of support and a whole lot to be grateful for my wife and i've been able to purchase a home now we don't have to worry about eviction oh, man, anymore so right? huge dude <laughs> you know right. congratulations such a big deal what part of town did y'all go in taylorsville nice yeah so we're in taylorsville that's right and yeah, that's something that. that i couldn't have imagined right yeah. i never thought that i would reach that that you goal got a, you know, home ownership you got so a job important. with a great organization you know yeah i got a heck of a good job and that. i'm here doing the training yeah i'm really grateful for that because that's going to open up new opportunities for me and help increase my value to the community yeah. we serve man we've i've this this summit here is uh we've learned a lot of good stuff you know yeah. i was really surprised you know i thought it would be like we're gonna do a narcan experience or something like that but yeah. no it's like good detailed stuff about oh, yeah. how this shit really works yeah it's professional you know? and clinical knowledge yeah. right you know because we yep. we're gonna go out there and be part of a team that is doing a super important job and yeah. luckily again salt lake county has the resources and the knowledge yep. to know that we need a bigger peer support yeah base right yep. foundation for our recovery community we need more yep. peer support so super thankful to be here Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Uh, well, thank you for uh, joining yeah. us today, John. Yeah. And uh, Thanks, uh, yeah, let's get back to it. <laughs>
Hey Liz, so what are you doing here with us today? Uh, I am looking to get my certification for peer support. Awesome. Well, happy to have you here. And uh, so tell us a little bit, a little bit about your journey. Oh, where do I begin? Um, so I, I started my journey with mental health. Um, uh, probably, well, when I was just a little child. Um, uh, I first started having feelings of depression and anxiety um, when I was in early junior high age. Okay. And so, like, that would be like 14, 13, 14. Yeah, about 13 or 14. Um, started medication and things were looking good for uh, a lot of years. I did a lot of activities during high school. I had a lot of friends, um, but. I was still pretty, I was hurting inside, right? Sure, sure. Um, I had a lot of unresolved trauma mm -hmm. um, from my childhood, from my days in school. That'll get you. Um, and then when I was in my senior year of high school, my, um, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. My grandmother, who was my, you know, my person, my advocate, yeah, my champion, yeah, yeah. That, yep. um, she was diagnosed with an aggressive form of brain cancer. And that was the hardest thing I've ever had to... So she was, al she was always in your life when you were younger? She, yeah, she was okay. always there. Wow, that's great. And she, um, you know, it was hard for her, but what was the most difficult for her was the mm. fact that I was taking care of her. Because mm -hmm. um, she had spent, you know, her whole my whole life taking care of me, yeah. And she was she it hurt her heart she was to more know, about you. yeah, that I was experiencing these things alongside her. Of course. Um, it was really difficult. I spent two years uh, taking care of her. Um, I was in the room uh, in every doctor's visit. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in the room with her when when the doctor came back and said that she probably only had like a week left. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't in the room when she passed because my mom and my aunt really wanted to make sure that I wasn't in the room when she passed because that my grandma had asked them explicitly to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, um, But that, that whole time that I was taking care of her, I was... There was a professor in my department mm -hmm. of uh, at, at college who mm -hmm. was very, very just emotionally, verbally abusive to me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what it was specifically that like made him hate me so much. Yeah, you always wonder that. Yeah, because you know, I was like, there were like plenty of other students that he was like so nice to. With, with him, it's like. This is just from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. People like that, it's like they're angry about something mm -hmm. and they have a lot of trouble figuring out who to, put, who to point the finger at. Mm -hmm. So like the first time it happens and then he, he's, okay, he'll go with that. Subconsciously, he keeps on doing it over and over against yeah. the person he first did it against. So that's kind of, from what I've seen, that's how that kind of works out. Yeah, you know, well, so. it got to the point where it was just like, 
graphic things being said to me about me um peer like my you know uh, the other people in the classes were getting in on it and it was just really bad um i ended up reporting it to the board of equity at the university but it, my claims never went anywhere i don't to my knowledge i don't even think he had to take trainings um he might have had to take a couple i don't know um but that led me on to social work. Okay. Um, <coughs> excuse me, goodness. Yeah. I'm sitting here eating a sandwich, so I'm like coughing. The roast beef was good. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> um, but I ended up not even fully aware of the amount of pain that I was in because I was I was hurting so bad uh-huh. that I didn't even consciously like think about oh I have all this trauma that mm-hmm. has never been addressed mm-hmm. um, it's all been just like kind of dismissed by anyone and everyone that I've ever been around yeah they do they do yeah and so I you know, I was on an obscene amount of medication for various physical and mental ailments. Um, I, it, it got to the point where, so I had started a internship with the local mental health authority, um, Four Corners Community Behavioral Health. And it was just like this little teeny tiny internship. There wasn't really a lot to yeah, do. Yeah. Wasn't making like a whole bunch of money or anything like that. Yeah. It was just something to put on a resume. <laughs> and my supervisor pulled me aside and was like, hey, you're sad. <laughs> I can tell that is you're sad. Is this a different person, the same one? No, this is a different. I, I oh, have a different. new job now, okay. a full-time right. position Got with it. that same so organization. Okay. Yeah, but okay. she was like, you ever been to like therapy or like address any of this and I was like no do I need to like do I I don't want to and then um, from there I started to redefine who I was mm-hmm. right I started to move away from some of the things like um, my religious trauma mm-hmm. um, resolve family issues mm-hmm. um, work on myself, not take so many medications all the time. Because <laughs> um, it, it was to the point where I was like taking the Xanax every single day, you know? And, you know what like there. and then like you, two like, Xanax a so, day. So you're like a zombie. You just, yeah, I was like do, not yeah. there. It was, it was just carrying you through the day. And your oh, soul yeah, might yeah. not have gone but it was carrying your body through the day. Oh, yeah. You know? And I yeah. started to realize, I, I was like, listen, like... <laughs> There's a lengthy history of substance misuse in my family, mm, yeah. and I was feeling myself verging the cusp of like yeah. mistaking oh, yeah. these Xanax because oh, yeah. I was prescribed it for like occasional use, and here I am like taking yeah. two a day, you yeah. know. Oh yeah. Um, and so you know, I'm still like working on everything. Yeah. You know. Oh, sure. I think we all are, but you have you have. 
but you have a better understanding of it probably and I'm sure this week's even, oh, yeah, this yeah. Week's even helped you out more with it I oh mean, definitely just this week for me what I've noticed early in the week just like getting just diving deep into these things and there's a lot mm -hmm. of reasoning behind things and, it, and it's awesome like what I got from like this week was like I never in a million years would have thought it would have been about what it's about Oh yeah. I thought it was gonna be about okay one on one, just and that, but no, this is yeah. Really, this is like really in depth. And, yeah, it, and it really does, and I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so, I'm excited to take all this information back to um, my clients yeah. and really yeah. help them on the yeah. journey that I've it's gonna you know fun. paralleled. It's gonna be fun. Um, all right, let me see. You're at nine minutes. You want to say anything else? Uh, just keep on. Keeping on. Yeah, keep like, on. Same you. you. You never know what opportunities you'll miss. Yep. If you, you know, are feeling like it's you're wanting to throw in the towel, don't because there's always something around the yep. corner. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good job. I don't really want to know how you got in girls. Cause I just want to fly lately. Feel the pain in the morning rain as it soaks you to the bone. Maybe I just wanna fly, wanna live, but don't wanna die. Maybe I just wanna breathe. Maybe I just don't believe. Maybe all the same as me. We see things I'll never see. And we're back on the Big Things by Nine podcast. We have a new guest with us. Who the hell are you? Uh, my name is Sean Oviet. Sean Oviet. Yes. How do you say your last name? Oviet. Spell that. O-V-I-A-T-T. -T. Interesting. I haven't heard that one before, Sean. Okay, cool. Where are you from? I uh, was born and raised in Utah County, Orem, Utah. Ooh. And you don't still live down there, do you? In Utah County? Oh, no, no, no. You moved up here, right? Yeah. To the big leagues. To Good. The big leagues. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, Sean, tell us, tell us your story, you know, uh, take your time, whatever. Just tell us your story. Where did it all start? Uh, my story started 53 years ago, but my story in recovery started about uh, 10 or 11 years ago. Okay. Cool. Um, I uh, got into a relationship with somebody who was a recovering meth addict, and um, I, we were together for six months before he relapsed, and I had no idea what that was like. Okay. And uh, he stayed clean for another six months, which was miraculous. And the day he graduated drug court, uh, we got a hotel room at Motel 6, got an eight ball of methamphetamine. Of course, he graduated drug court. What exactly. Else Everybody does that on, like, on their night after drug court. And, you know? and ended up at Motel 6. <laughs> yeah. uh, I yeah. started snorting the drug, and a week later I was sticking it in my arm. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah, so. right. So uh, for 10 years, I watched everything fall apart for me. This yeah. is not an unusual story. Yeah. You've all heard it before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what saved my life was uh, February 17th of 2019, I was arrested in front of his apartment building with four bags uh, that I had tried to escape his apartment with. Um, <laughs> I had 
he had called the cops on me for the fifth time for a domestic violence charge. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get from his apartment, which was I... Was it just domestic violence or, you, or just because you stole the dope and dipped out? Uh, <laughs> it was domestic violence, okay. although I did steal the dope, which is ironic, <laughs> as you hear in the story later. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm, knew that was going to be I'm trying to cart, trying to cart these four bags packed with... Oh, as, you mean bags? I mean, I thought you had four big oh, bags. Oh, no, no, like, I had bags. I, thought you meant, I was carrying baggage. I thought you meant like four big eight balls in your pocket or something. Oh, no, four no. Ounces. No. Like, okay, I got but, it. So I'm trying yeah, to, I'm trying to get out of there before the cops show up. Sure, and uh, ironically, uh, that apartment building is the one I currently live in and have been two and a half sobers, two and a half years sober. So uh, I'm trying to do it. The cop car pulls up. I'm pointed out. And uh, I'm going, I just want to get to the train, officer. I just need to get to the train. It's just a buck. He said, put your bags down. So he did the whole thing, put the cuffs on, and I got put in the back of the cop car. And as he was searching me, um, he found a baggie of meth in my pocket. No oh, game on. And uh, I'd been arrested four times prior, but they'd all been just for violence, domestic yeah. violence. Mm. And this time I had drugs on me. So uh, he searches my bags and he finds no syringes, which I had warned him he might find. But uh, he puts me in and I'm off to jail. Um, bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit. It's... it's I'd be dead without it. Yeah. That's, how, right? that's what happened to me. Yeah. I'd be dead so, without um, it. So, uh, because of that arrest, I got put into treatment. And because of treatment, I found out that I had worth. Before I walked through the doors of First Step, I was pretty much, I was 52 years old. Mm-hmm. I pretty much decided I was dead. Were you down down First Step, down by Trolley Square? No, I was at 411. Because I live next door, I live, I live next door to the one on 5th East. Uh, I, you know what? I was actually supposed to live there. Okay, yeah. Uh, they're, they're all smoking out front all the time. Whenever I go to the store, I walk, yeah. right, I walk right past them. Yeah. I right up there. But, um... I had Wait, put, always smoking meth right out. No, 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 no. 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 Well, maybe. Out, the, the first step, yeah, right, they're, they're like a couple of couple of like buildings over from me. So whenever we want to smith, I walk past them all and tell them yeah. stuff every morning. It's like 5.30 in the morning, they're out right there smoking. Yeah, they can only go out at certain times. No. Nope. But, oh, okay, um, <laughs> but, um. I missed something there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. It's okay, though. But first step, uh. Gave me the hope that I wasn't going to die a junkie with a needle program. in my arm. Great right, and um, so uh, from first step, I graduated and uh, got a job at Flourish, which uh, was an internship for people like me. What is that? Flourish is a bakery. It's a okay. it's a bakery. Uh, Building better people is their motto. Really? Uh, what they do is they hire people out of uh, incarceration really? Really? or really? substance really? abuse really? treatment. Really? They're located in Midvale, Old Town Midvale. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. So. Uh, kind of by the track station a little bit? Just, it, kind of. It's in Old Town. It's right off Center Street and Main Street. Okay. Yep. In Old Town Midvale. Right by the, right by the Maverick. Those who use drugs probably know exactly yep, where that yep, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, that program was about recovery and life skills. And uh, through that recovery, I was able to find my purpose, which is help other people like me. Uh, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of older guys that get into treatment and just don't want to give up because yep. it's all they know. Yep. I kind of want to be not an inspiration, but just kind of an example that you don't, there's another way. Yeah, that's awesome. Without an inspiration. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about them and their work. I mean, they, they can definitely be, I could be an example for them, but I don't want to make it about me. See, it's about me, with me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, God, God has been a very different part of mine. I, I've given up on trying to define God. Sure. Uh, what I try to 
what it is for me right now is the greater good because when I was using I wasn't concerned about the greater good I was just concerned about what I could get in my arm and so if I look at the world my behavior as it pertains to the greater good of everybody around me I tend to make better choices and I tend to be more humble and I tend to be more grateful well you must have been making decent choices because you made it through 10 years without getting hep C I, mean, I did not get hep C I did not get HIV I didn't either and I was using yeah. really bad needles with really dirty people no. <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah you did well you did well I, I, what, that's one of the things I got I, I used for five years I was shooting for five years and I ended up with Epstein. Uh, did, you take, did you get the treatment yet? Yeah. And yeah. did you wipe it all out? Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know. My I mean, buddy got his wiped out last, last week. two years ago. Yeah, it should be fine. My buddy's got his wiped out too. He's super excited. Yeah. So the only physical... I mean, I, I have great blood pressure for a guy my age. Uh, the, only tithe, the only tithe I had to pay physically was six teeth that they pulled out of my face but I figured I got down on the block I took the wrong guy's donuts not don't be up. doing that I'm shit I'm leaning over and dude Green Mile comes at me dude from like that's, he was like the Green Mile guy comes at me from underneath I wake up I'm on my back my buddies like yeah Green Mile got you so I said I'm like where'd he go where'd he go they're like he's right down he's right down there I said you guys didn't get him yet? I'm like yeah dude we ain't touching Green Mile dude he got all these knockers. they're all fake right here oh well they, they look yeah. fantastic yeah dude so, oh, I, he's on my phone I kind of tell they were yeah. fake. Yeah. They do look good. Because they don't, what, because the colors aren't the same as the bottom? No. <laughs> They're too perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too perfect, yep, that's what you said. But I'd rather have too perfect than my yep. gap tooth yoko look. Yeah. But I'm okay. Yep. Anything's better than none. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Anybody who's done a, who's been a drug addict, your teeth don't look like that. Like, <laughs> oh, except for this one, that's not, that's not quite better than none. But. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that's because yeah. we're not too perfect. There's gaps everywhere. <laughs> All right, Sean, so uh, anything else you want to share? Um... Never give up. Never, never give, give up. up. Never surrender. Never give up. And um, this too shall pass. Never surrender to the disease. How's that? Awesome. Hey, man. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Of course. I must remember there'll be days like this. When you don't need an answer, there'll be days like this. When you don't meet a chance, there'll be days like this. When you don't get the trade by that old Judas kiss. And I must remember, there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this